Could family genetics be a reason that no matter what we try, we still can't lose the fat and inches from our problem areas? To learn more, we spoke to Dr. Brian Strand from Sonobello. While some people can eat everything and stay thin, others diet and exercise daily and still pack on fat and inches to their problem areas. It's not your fault. It can be genetics. If you struggle to lose the fat from your tummy, love handles, thighs, and back, you're likely battling your family genetics. The good news is we have an answer. Sonobello uses a remarkable technique called microlaser fat removal. In one comfortable visit, the fat in your hardest places to lose is gone permanently. Stop wrestling with your family genes and lose the fat permanently. And right now, you can save $250. The results are life-changing. Do this for you. Don't wait. Visit sonobello.com slash save. Sonobello.com slash save. Sonobello.com slash save. Texting privacy policy in terms and conditions posted at textplan.us. Texting and rules for occurring automated text marketing messages. Message and data rates may apply. Reply stop, opt out. The pandemic has been hard on all our kids. New studies show more than one in three children who started school in the pandemic now need intensive reading help. That's right. Millions of kids in kindergarten through third grade in the United States cannot read at grade level. Here's the good news. Your child can be reading in just 30 days, guaranteed, with Hooked on Phonics. Even if your child has been struggling, Hooked on Phonics will teach your child to read in just 30 days, guaranteed. And right now, you can get started for just $1. Text the word GRADE to 323232 right now. Hooked on Phonics is highly effective and incredibly fun. And everything can be done right from home and in less than 20 minutes a day. For more than 30 years, Hooked on Phonics has been the proven learn-to-read program that kids love to use. Text GRADE to 323232 and teach your child to read in in just 30 days, guaranteed. Text GRADE to 323232 right now and get started for just $1. Text GRADE to 323232 now. Text GRADE to 323232. This is the Exxon Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. Welcome to Too Good To Be True. Welcome everyone to the show today. And of course, thank you to all the listeners. Is everyone ready for a really thrilling show about the Titanic? Before we start getting into details, let's just briefly talk about the psychic insight and how we apply it. We choose the subject and research it. And based on that research, we determine what we think needs to be explained by creating a series of questions. Then Justina provides psychic insight to answer those questions. At the end of the process, we have psychic insight into a subject. At that point, it is a question of individual belief. Can you go through the disclaimers? So before we get into the actual information about the Titanic, here are the disclaimers again. Neither of us claims to have any expertise in any subjects that we discuss. We relate information we find through research and psychic insight. We are always delighted to hear from the listeners. The show only lasts an hour. We don't have time to present exhaustive research on any topic. There will be information that we miss. We want to provide information that will be a basis for the psychic insight. 
We don't care if a theory turns out too good to be true, as the show name suggests. We are only interested in finding out more of the truth. Spirit can only relate insight that is appropriate for our time in history. Free will cannot be affected. Only comments that are appropriate for our time can be given. Much of the subject matter in shows will have already been covered again and again in, our, in other shows. We want to look into subjects into a new, different way and be thought-provoking. And another one is that we are not so good with pronouncing names, so we apologize for butchering anyone's names. And finally, we have one more disclaimer for today's show. We're going to be talking about people who are accused of negative actions. We understand that different people have different life paths, so there is no intention to be judgmental. We are merely trying to get the truth by means that cannot be described as scientific. We always want to encourage listeners to follow their own beliefs. So, as I mentioned, today we are going to be discussing the sinking of the Titanic. And, Dad, you chose the topic. Why did you choose this topic? It has always interested me, uh, especially after seeing the movie A Night to Remember. After more than a century, the Titanic holds a strange fascination for many. So what's so strange about the Titanic? The ship hit an iceberg in calm waters and sank with a tragic and massive loss of lives. Over 1,500 people lost their lives. Isn't that the whole story? Well, let's start with the book, The Wreck of the Titan by Morgan Robertson, published in 1898. That's 14 years before the Titanic was lost. Let's look at the coincidences for real life and for fiction. The vessel is described as the largest ship of the day and was called the Titan. The ships were practically the same size, with the Titanic measuring only 25 meters or 82 feet longer. Both ships were described as unsinkable, but both hit an iceberg and sank in mid-April. Both were capable of speeds of over 20 knots, and despite having thousands of passengers on board, both ships carried the bare legal minimum number of lifeboats. The author, uh, Morgan Robertson, after the uh, Titanic had sank, completely denied he was a psychic. Weren't there also two ships that were the sister ships of the Titanic? These were other Olympic-class ocean liners commissioned by the White Star Line. And the first one was Olympic that had her maiden voyage in, the 19 in 1911 and was in service as an ocean liner until 1935. During World War I, the Olympic was a troop ship. After retirement, the ship was broken up for scrap or recycled, as we may call it today. Artifacts from the ship were also auctioned off. The other ship, the Britannic, launched in 1914 and was a World War I hospital ship that hit a mine in the Greek islands in 1916. It is the largest passenger ship wreck on the seafloor. 30 lives were sadly lost. Let's transition into an amazing story about Violet Jessup. There was a lady called Violet Jessup who was employed as a stewardess on the Olympic when in 1911 it collided with the British Royal Navy ship HMS Hawke off the Isle of Wight on the south coast of England. HMS Hawke was designed to sink ships by ramming them with a forward ram. The Olympic, captained by Captain Smith, was breached below the waterline but made it back to Southampton without sinking. The Hawk nearly capsized, but was repaired. This was not the first collision for the Olympic. It had already hit a tug in New York Harbor, nearly sinking it. 
Violet Jessup, like Captain Smith, were on board the Titanic when it sank in 1912. Violet survived in a lifeboat that was picked up by the Carpathia. She rescued a baby while leaving the Titanic. Later in 1916, Violet was on board the Britannic as a nurse when it hit a mine. This is what Violet had to say about her experience on the Britannic. I leapt into the water but was sucked under the ship's keel, which struck my head. I escaped, but years later when I went to my doctor because of a lot of headaches, he discovered I had once sustained a fracture of the skull. We'll have to continue talking about Violet after the break. Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to the X-Zone Radio Show with Rob McConnell, The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, X-1, Dimension X, Space Patrol, and every minute of the X-Zone Broadcast Network by calling 213-401-0080, courtesy of Audio Now. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. It saves your data plan, and it's free if you have unlimited minutes. Call 213-401-0080 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. Remember 213-401-0080 for the best of the paranormal, parapsychology, and sci-fi radio programming anywhere. 24-7-365. President of a new cancer foundation focusing on evidence-based physical, mental, and spiritual interventions, including natural cancer cures, prayer, meditation, affirmations, nutrition, and other related holistic cancer prevention and cure modalities. These are used in cancer education, research, and financing care. I ask for your help to continue this important work by donating at www.holisticcancerfoundation.com. Hello, I'm Pete Marsh. With my daughter Justina, we will be presenting the new radio show, Too Good to Be True. If something seems too good to be true, it usually is. But with the help of Justina's amazing gifts, we're going to gain insight into questions that don't yet have complete answers. Have you wondered who built Stonehenge and for what reason? 
wire crop circles found in the same region as Stonehenge and elsewhere? Are crop circles a hoax or are they created with technologies that we have little knowledge of? Who built the pyramids in Egypt and also in other countries? How and why were they built? Was the Titanic switched with the Britannic as part of a gigantic insurance fraud or for more insidious reasons? What caused the Tunguska event when trees were flattened over an 800 square mile area in Siberia? Will the new insights be too good to be true? Well, that will depend on what you are prepared to believe. Please join us as we start on this journey together. For more information on Too Good To Be True, visit www.xzbn.net. Little children aren't the only ones afraid of the dark. Millions of soldiers return from war zones with PTSD, anger, frustration, fear, and loneliness, much of which surfaces during the darkness of the night. You have the chance to change the lives of these American heroes. Songs and Stories for Soldiers.us provides free MP3 players for these men and women. With a list of 3 million songs in 16 different styles, 100,000 audiobooks, and 30,000 old-time radio programs, every veteran can find something to soothe and comfort them at no cost. All our players contain an 8-hour audio program designed to help veterans fall asleep. With 1,500-plus vets now participating, it's our goal to deliver 10,000 audio players this year. Go to our website at songsandstoriesforsoldiers.us. Help us help a veteran make it through the night. Welcome back to Too Good to be True. And before the break, we were discussing Violet and her story. And Dad, you were just reading a quote. So can you please continue describing her amazing story? Yeah, I'll continue. Um, after she had the keel of the Britannic hit her on the head and survive, um, which I think is incredible. Uh, Violet survived all three ships, including two complete losses and a collision. She lived until 1971 and died at age 83. A dramatized interview with her is currently on YouTube. And like Violet Jessup, a crewman, Arthur Priest, was also on board all three ships when all the unhappy events occurred. So there are amazing stories already without getting into the speculation surrounding the sinking of the Titanic. So what is all the speculation about? Let's start with a major speculation that there was insurance fraud. Remember that the Olympic and the Hawk had collided. Following the collision, there was an inquiry that claimed that the HMS Hawk was free of any blame. The British Admiralty, which is part of the government running the Navy, was in charge of the inquiry. The Royal Navy ruled in favor of the Royal Navy, but eyewitness accounts suggested that the Hawk was actually at fault. Both vessels had been severely damaged in the collision. With the Olympic taking the blame, this meant that no insurance payout for the White Star Line to cover these repairs. Besides taking blame for the collision, the Olympic, then the largest vessel in the world, was out of commission after only months in service. This was going to be the Olympic's fifth voyage, which of course had to be canceled. What happened next to the Olympic? Yes, the Olympic, as as you said, needed extensive repairs, but also needed temporary repairs to be able to sail again. It took over two weeks for temporary repairs to be completed in Southampton. Uh, Permanent repairs were then undertaken at at the shipyard that all the three sister ships were built. That was in Belfast, Northern Ireland. 
when the Olympic arrived at the shipyard, the Titanic was being completed. Because of the labor and resources needed to repair the Olympic, progress on finishing the Titanic was delayed. The Olympic, besides a gaping hole towards the stern in the hull, had two watertight compartments that had been flooded. This was along with damage to the starboard propeller shaft. There is speculation that the damage was more extensive with the keel having been damaged and that the entire vessel was unseaworthy. The starboard propeller shaft was allegedly damaged, with a new propeller also needing to be installed. So a propeller intended for the Titanic was apparently installed as a replacement on the starboard side. There were also stories about the Titanic having minor differences in portholes in wheelhouse design that indicate that the Titanic, when it sailed, was actually the Olympic. But we don't have enough time to discuss all the details. There is speculation that the Olympic had a permanent list to the port of two degrees, but listing a degree or two is not unusual. Apparently, the Titanic on her maiden voyage also had a permanent list to the port of two degrees. Possibly, its sister ships could have similar lists. The Titanic and the Olympic were apparently in adjacent docks, making it very possible to switch nameplates to exchange the identity of the vessels. Against that speculation was the fact that the parts and furnishings for Olympic were marked with the number 400, whereas the number for the Titanic was 401. Changing all the numbers would have, would have had to been a monumental task. So how long was the Olympic in the shipyard with the Titanic? The collision with the Hawk was in September of 1911. The Olympic was back in, the, in service by November of the same year. So seven weeks have been quoted for the two ships being together in the shipyard. In the end, the Titanic's maiden voyage was only delayed for about three weeks. Uh, once the Olympic was back in service, it had to return to the shipyard again when it lost a propeller blade on a scheduled voyage. That was in February of 1912, uh, before the Titanic sea trials and maiden voyage. After that, the Olympic was in service until 1935, and following the events of the Titanic, was refitted to have a double skin around the boilers and engine room. Five of the watertight compartments were extended to a higher deck, among other safety improvements, including upgraded lifeboats. Getting back to the Titanic, officially, its sea trials commenced on April 2nd, 1912, at 6 a.m. At 6 p.m., back in Belfast, the British Board of Trade declared the vessel seaworthy. An hour later, the Titanic steamed towards Southampton. And this makes me wonder, what is the unofficial version? Yes, unofficially, the Titanic sea trials were over by, uh, by lunchtime of the same day, whereas the Olympic sea trials had taken two full days. After 28 hours of steaming from Belfast, the Titanic was docked in Southampton, ready to take on passengers and crew. At the time, there was a national coal strike, which, which meant there was limited coal to fuel ships for, for, or for any other purposes. Many workers were looking for work. Despite the dire circumstances, apparently crewmen refused to step on board the Titanic at any price. Could it have been the fire in Coal Bunker 10, which had been smoldering for a week? This, is a, this was a fire that the Board of Trade, or the British Board of Trade, later denied all knowledge of. Apparently, rather than putting out the fire, more coal was put into Coal Bunker 10. A London Daily Telegraph article dated back to December 31st, 2016, put reports that the notion of the Titanic expert, Sinan Maloney, that the fire had been so fierce that it weakened the hull so much that it made the collision fatal. What is clear, though, is that the Titanic, despite all the hype, 
of being the largest vessel in the world was only about half full when later departing for New York. Apparently, the White Star Line was not encouraging bookings. A coal strike would suggest fewer sailings, with those ships sailing being fully booked. Maybe it's time to talk a little bit about J.P. Morgan. Yes, the second Morgan in our story. Um, J.P. Morgan was the major shareholder of the White Star Line and a banker and financier. J.P. Morgan had booked a passage on the Titanic, but claiming illness a few days before sailing, he cancelled his booking. He had a personal suite on board with his own private promenade deck and a bathtub equipped with specially designed cigar holders. On the day the Titanic sank, April the 15th, a New York Times reporter discovered that Morgan in France uh, was fit and well and was accompanied by his mistress. Um, J.P. Morgan, America's, America's first billionaire, was being, has been quoted as saying, millionaires don't use astrology, billionaires do. Perhaps he had a bad reading. I wonder who else cancelled at the last minute. Other late notables to cancel shortly before departure included his friend Milton Hershey, industrialist Henry Clay Frick and his wife, banker Horace J. Harding, and billionaire George Washington Vanderbilt. All were connected to Morgan in some way. Hershey founded the Hershey Chocolate Company, which obviously still is around today. J.P. Morgan allegedly had a shipment of valuable bronze statues removed from the Titanic about an hour before the Titanic sailed. Florence Ismay, wife of the chairman of the White Star Line, Bruce Ismay, turned down the opportunity of sailing on the maiden voyage, preferring a motoring holiday with her children. That was apparently after claiming ill health. On the subject of big business, the Titanic cost $7.5 million to build. That was dollars at the time. There would also be the value of the cargo, which included grand pianos and cases of opium, which was legal. Uh, the insurance was provided by a consortium and was reported to amount to a payout of $12 million, again in dollars in the, at that time, according to the New York Times on April the 28th, 1912. That's only about two weeks after the sinking. Therefore, assuming that the Olympic wasn't uh, seaworthy and was switched, the White Star Line could have recovered the entire cost of an ocean liner and some other costs. Let's add to the speculation, which notable people did not cancel their bookings on the maiden voyage? John Jacob Astor IV, a German-American millionaire who had his fortune in real estate, was one of the people. His wife made it to the lifeboat and survived, but Astor didn't and died at age 47. Benjamin Gutenheim, heir to the family's mining business, was also on board. He had been scheduled to sail on the Lusitana, but when the vessel needed repairs, he decided to sail the Titanic. Isidore Strauss, the German-born co-owner of the Macy's department store in New York, died alongside his wife, Ida. They refused to be separated. Ida could have been saved because the women and children had priority for the full available lifeboats, but she chose not to. The three wealthy notables were apparently against the formation of the Federal Reserve and possibly against the introduction of income tax. What about the strange voyage of the SS Californian? Yes, even though there was a coal strike and other ships couldn't sail, the Californian left the Port of London on April the 5th with no passengers and a cargo of woolen sweaters and blankets. Uh, with a shortage of coal, sailing while having essentially no cargo would appear to be hard to justify. 
The Californians steamed full speed into the mid-Atlantic, bound for Boston, and the Titanic will leave Southampton a few days later on April the 10th. On April the 14th, the Californian came to a dead stop in the middle of the North Atlantic ice field. The Californian sent three signals to the Titanic, personally addressed to Captain Smith, given its position, where it had stopped for the night. The Californian didn't warn of icebergs, although the Californian was stopped in the middle of an ice field. The captain of the Californian, Stanley Lord, was alleged to have slept in uniform in the chart house on the night of April the 14th. As for the Titanic, she left Southampton for Cherbourg, France, on April 10th, 1912, to pick up passengers. The next stop was offshore of Queenstown on the southern Irish coast to pick up mail and more passengers. On April 14th, the Titanic struck the iceberg south of Newfoundland, allegedly seeming at full speed before evasive action was attempted. The ship sank after breaking in two in the early hours of April 15th. When Professor Robert Ballard, who we've mentioned previously in different episodes, when he found the wreck on the floor of the North Atlantic in 2003, the wreck was confirmed that the ship had actually split in two. But what about the distress signals and rescuing of the survivors? Yes, the Californian was stationary some distance away from the Titanic as it was sinking. Some reports say about five miles, some say 12 or 15 miles. The Californian shut down its radio room at 11.30 on the night of April 14th, 10 minutes before the Titanic hit the iceberg. The Californian was sighted from the bridge of the Titanic and distress rockets were fired. This was about two in the morning. Although eight white rockets were fired, Captain Lord, when informed about the rockets, did nothing, not even waking the radio operator to check for distress calls. At 5.30 in the morning of April the 15th, the Californian steamed towards the Titanic's last reported position, but slowly by an indirect route. Eventually, the Californian arrived alongside the Carpathia, which had just finished up picking up survivors from lifeboats. The Carpathia steamed away to Boston while the Californian searched for survivors, only to find floating wreckage. Although fired by his employers some months later, Captain Stanley Lord was never tried of any offence. He was not permitted to speak in his own defence during the British and American trials. There has also been a lot of speculation regarding whether the Californian could have came to the Titanic's rescue and could have prevented many lost lives. Apparently, the ship had stopped for the night due to the risk of hitting an iceberg. Ironically, the Titanic steamed at full speed just miles away and, as most people know how the story ends, hit an iceberg. However, on the night of April 14th, the sea was so calm, icebergs were hard to spot as they weren't visible since the waves were not visible lapping against the ice. There has been a lot of debate regarding the appearance of the wreck of the Titanic and whether it is, the, is or is not the Olympiad lying on the sea floor. But we'll get more into this and other information after the break here. are our personal gateways into infinite wisdom. 
don't miss shamanic counselor and indigenously trained dream decoder Sandra Corcoran's inspiring book, Shamanic Awakening Between the Dark and the Daylight. This remarkable work chronicles Sandra's 35 years of experience with diverse wisdom keepers and her initiations throughout the Americas and across the British Isles, Turkey, Greece, and Egypt. Sandy's knowledge of symbology, psychology, and myth influence her dream blog and workshops. Sandy offers private tarot readings, international journeys, a meditative CD, as well as her book, Shamanic Awakening, to encourage you as you navigate this earthwalk, creating a deeper connection to yourself and all that is. Find this and more at Sandy's website, starwalkervisions.com. This is the Exxon Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. How would you like to be able to read other people's minds? Well, the next best thing is here. When you know how to read a person's name, you know how the person thinks, feels, and behaves. Each letter in our name holds a key to unlock our true essence. Our name contains both our gifts and challenges in this lifetime. Nemology science discovers personality secrets hidden in the placement of the letters of our names, including the first and last impression people remember about us. Sharon shows us how to interpret the arrangement of letters as outlined in her book, Know the Name, Know the Person. Sharon Lynn Wyeth created Nemology Science after 18 years of research and testing her theories and has supported thousands of people around the world in understanding themselves and others better. You'll enjoy Sharon's unique teachings as she shares her system to learn the gifts behind your given birth name. Even if you don't like your birth name, there are jewels in this book. If you're thinking of changing your name, ready to name your child, or wanting to get along better with others, this is the book for you. If you'd like to improve your relationships and change your life for the better, get the book today. Know the name, know the person. Or visit www.knowthename.com. That's www.knowthename.com. Hello, I'm Justina Marsh, and with my dad, Pete, we are going to present a new show called Too Good to Be True. Together, we are aiming to discover more truths about this world and beyond. Do you have unanswered questions about the world? Do you ever wonder about aliens, conspiracy theories, or the universe? There are many shows discussing subjects such as pyramids or UFOs, but we want to relay this information based on our own research, including from spiritual means. Hopefully, listeners will be helped with their own beliefs and will appreciate the psychic insights that add to the previous research and information. We both look forward to sharing this insight and beginning this journey with our listeners. Visit xzbn.net for more information about when to listen.
Welcome back to Too Good to Be True. And before the break, we were discussing a little bit about the Titanic and what was going on with the Titanic. So, Dad, can you go into more detail about this? Yeah, we were uh, talking about the uh, wreck of the Titanic and um, whether it was the Titanic or the Olympic that was actually lying on the sea floor. And there's been a lot of scuttlebutt about that. So I recall that there was some discussion about a propeller marked 401 for the Titanic that was seen in the wreckage on the sea floor. But that was explainable as the Olympic had a replacement propeller um, that was probably intended for the Titanic. So that would have been marked 401, even though it was on the Olympic. Also, there was supposed to be a longitudinal bulkhead at the stern of the wreck, which was not part of the original on the original drawings on either the Olympic or the Titanic. This addition would have been part of a repair, indicating that the wreck was that of the Olympic. Finally, the letters of the Titanic's name at the bows of the wreck are, are falling away, revealing other letters underneath. Uh, with all the possibilities for photoshopping of pictures, I don't know really what to believe. But what about the furnishings from the Olympic being auctioned off in the 1930s when the ship was broken up? These are reported as being marked with the number 400, suggesting that the ship was really the Olympic and not the Titanic, which would have been identified by the number 401. But let's get back to other speculation about the sinking of the Titanic. Amazingly, being sunk by a German submarine has been suggested. The Huffington Post in 2012 had a blog written by Franklin Roll, who has a PhD, entitled, Did a German U-Boat Sink the Titanic? Here's a quote from the blog. Significantly, several survivors, including both passengers and crew members, when questioned by a U.S. Senate inquiry panel, testified that they never felt any impact or heard any sound when the collision occurred, suggesting it was minor in nature. However, they reported having heard for reports or explosions deep in the bowels of the Titanic after it had scraped the iceberg. These could conceivably have been torpedoes launched by a German submarine, end quote. Yeah, German U-boats uh, first went into service around 1906, and there were 48 U-boats in service or under construction in 1914. So that was just two, two years um, uh, from 1912. Um, so there could have been several German U-boats in the North Atlantic at any one time in 1912. The Huffington Post blog continues by suggesting that there could have been a vessel in the area that was unaccounted for. Um, if the eyewitness testimony is accurate, that is. Here's a further quote from the blog. Moreover, a number of survivors huddled in lifeboats observed a searchlight in the distance encouraging them that a rescue vessel was approaching. This light had been attributed to the Californian, but the ship's captain, Stanley Lord, insisted that it was not his and that there was another vessel between his and the Titanic. Indeed, his craft was marred in a colossal ice field and forced to remain there until deadlight, daylight. Sorry. Several sailors on watch asserted that they, they witnessed an unidentified vessel approximately five to six miles away until about 2 a.m., possibly a submarine that had surfaced to assess the damage it had caused, after which time it skulked off. For the record, this was not the Carpathia, which arrived on the scene later to assist in rescuing survivors, end of quote. Surely a submarine captain couldn't just damage a ship in peacetime. What other strange stories are there? Author Robin Gardner, in his book titled Titanic, The Ship That Never Sank, 
suggests that the Titanic was in fact the Olympic and was sunk by scuttling it. Scuttling means opening the valves that let seawater in and slowly sinking the ship. Gardner also suggested that the ship thought to be the Titanic, but was actually Olympic, hit another ship and not an iceberg. He also suggested that the Californian didn't respond to the distress rockets because it was expecting a rendezvous with Olympic disguised as a Titanic. I think this is getting super confusing with all this information, but I think it's time to transition into some psychic insight to try and answer at least some of the speculations surrounding the sinking of the Titanic. Dad, do you yeah. want to start asking some questions? Oh, sure. Um, I was just thinking that uh, it gets confusing because we talk about a Titanic that's alleged to be the Olympic, so we're not sure what is the Titanic and the Olympic. But anyway, mm -hmm. it must be very confusing. So I'm going to start the question. Uh, the questions. The book, The Wreck of the Titan by Morgan Robertson, published in, 19, sorry, in 1898, 14 years before the Titanic was lost, foretold the sinking of the Titanic. How did Robertson get the information to publish his book? So the information basically came from, you could say, a vision he had. So many psychics or different people did make a prediction about the sinking of the Titanic before it actually happened. So basically, he knew it was going to happen, but did not know how powerful this information would be. Violet Jessup and Arthur Priest were both on board the Olympic, Titanic and Britannic when the Olympic had the collision, when the Titanic and later the Britannic sank. The chances of occurring for one person, let alone two, seem extremely slim. How did this happen? So there was actually charted in their life paths so that they were going to be on all three ships. So it was not a coincidence that they were going to be on all these different ships. Instead, there are major lessons with the sinking and collision that they needed to learn, and they wanted to learn these lessons of basically, you could say in a way, being thankful for what you have, and also being thankful that even when others around you do not survive, that you are going to survive. So there are major lessons in these different sinking that the people have to learn. They also were part of, you could say, miracle savings, where it was not their time to go either, since in their chart, they were not planned to pass away during these different shipwrecks. Was the Olympic after the collision with the Hawk more da badly damaged than the White Star Line admitted? Yes. Did the Olympic have a propeller marked 401 inst installed that was intended for the Titanic? Yes. How long were the sea trials for the Titanic? So, the sea trials were actually very short, and the Titanic did not see much voyage or water before it actually was on its actual run. How extent, extensive was the fire in the Titanic's coal bunker at the time that the Titanic hit the iceberg? So, the fire was not horrible. So, it should have not caused anybody to be too alarmed. It could have been able to be put out if the people would have had acted on it quicker. Did J.P. Morgan cancel his booking for the maiden voyage because his astrologer advised him that a disaster was going to occur? Yes, and he also canceled for other reasons. Did J.P. Morgan cancel his booking for the maiden voyage because he knew that the Titanic had a fire on board? He knew that, and he knew that parts of the ship were not safe. 
Aside from the fire, did J.P. Morgan cancel his booking for the maiden voyage because he knew that the Titanic was going to sink? He did not know that it would sink as it did, but he knew that there was a possibility that the ship would not survive the voyage. So he did not know the exact details, but he knew that there was a large possibility that the ship would not make it throughout its voyage and back to the land. Did J.P. Morgan inform his friends that the ship was in poor condition or was going to sink so they could survive by cancelling their reservations? So, it was, just, it was not just J.P. Morgan that told the other people about the ship, but also there was basically, you can think of it as mass communication that was sent out to people, specific people, that told them it would be best if they do not get on the ship since the ship was not completely safe to sail. The crew that wouldn't sail on the Titanic from Southampton, did they leave because of the fire, or were there other fears? There was a fire, and also some of the ship's crew were switched out. So, some of the crew was actually paid off to not actually go on board the ship. So, some that were on board the ship that replaced the crew were there because they knew less about what had been going on with the ship? Correct. What was the purpose of the Californian's voyage? Was it prearranged for the Californian to pick up survivors of the Titanic, which was to be sunk? Yes, but when the ship was sunk, they thought there'd be more survivors than they were. Was the Californian or the Titanic in the wrong position for rescue of more survivors for a prearranged sinking, with loss of life increased by lack of communication? Yes, so when the Titanic actually hit the iceberg, it was not basically where it originally was planned. So there was actually a different place that the ship was going to hit a smaller iceberg so that it would sink, but not have the loss of lives that it did. So the other ship was there to pick up the survivors, and it was supposed to pick up more survivors since there was supposed to be less loss of life than there was. Did the Californian expect a rendezvous with the Titanic at a location where the Californian expected her to sink? Yes. Why did the captain of the Californian not investigate the rocket seen by his crew, this over the concerns of his crew? Because basically, he did not believe them, and also he knew about the sinking. So he was, let's just say, he did not want to put his nose where it didn't belong. Why was the Californian's radio operator allowed to leave his radio room and get some sleep, such that the Titanic's distress messages were not received? Again, it goes back to only receiving the money and not caring too much about the actual people. So, different regulations were not abided by, and the radio operator was not in the right place where he should have been. So the captain took the money, but he didn't come to the rescue of the Titanic because he didn't care? Yes. Besides J.P. Morgan, somebody else must have been behind the sinking of the Titanic? Yes. May I ask who that might be? We cannot say exactly who, since we do not want to put anyone in danger with this information. But let's just say they were a close friend of J.P. Morgan and basically helped plan this whole thing. And for reasons of basically, let's just say for the information to be confidential, J.P. Morgan basically hired this person. So J.P. Morgan 
did not know all the plans or exactly what was going to happen since this information that was so valuable. So basically, it was the involvement of someone else that had less to lose that was behind plans just in case someone found out about them. Was Captain Lord of the Californian prevented from telling any of the truth about the intended purpose of his ship? Yes. Was the Titanic sunk by a German submarine? Yes. Was the Titanic deliberately sunk by scuttling it? Yes. So it's both a German submarine and scuttling? Yes. Did the fire in the coal bunker have any effect on the sinking of the Titanic? No. I think we're coming up to a break. I think we'll have to... Um, uh, no, we're okay. Did hit, hitting the iceberg cause fatal damage to the Titanic and cause it sinking? So, for the original incident with the iceberg, the ship was supposed to hit a smaller iceberg, so the sinking would be less extreme. So basically, the original iceberg was smaller, and they decided to go with the larger iceberg so that the cover-up would be, let's say, better but this is when the ship went off course. So basically, the iceberg caused minimal damage, but not enough to sink the ship. Hi everyone, Rob McConnell here, and I wanted to spend a moment on internet streaming. Everybody has heard about internet streaming, but not many know much about it. Did you know the internet streams just about everything? Movies. From new releases to old classics. TV shows. Almost every show, every episode, and much more. But the question has always been, how do you do it? Well now, thanks to the folks at 123 Ready TV, I have the answer for you. They have developed a simple program app, 123 Ready TV, that you install on your Windows PC, Android smartphone, or Android tablet that can have you streaming like a pro in less than five minutes. You truly won't believe how much is available or how easy it is to do until you try. And for a one-time cost of only $19.99, this product is a real winner. To learn more about 123 Ready TV, visit our website at www.xzbn.net. This is the Exxon Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to the X-Zone Radio Show with Rob McConnell, The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, X-1, Dimension X, Space Patrol, and every minute of the X-Zone Broadcast Network by calling 213-401-0080, courtesy of Audio Now. 
No smartphone, app, or internet needed. It saves your data plan, and it's free if you have unlimited minutes. Call 213-401-0080 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. Remember 213-401-0080 for the best of the paranormal, parapsychology, and sci-fi radio programming anywhere, 24-7-365. healing must address four levels, physical, emotional, mental, and spiritual, for us to live joyful and productive lives. We tend to treat three of the four, leaving the spiritual languishing. If you're tired of the same dysfunctional patterns cropping up in your life, soul balancing is for you. Trixie Phelps, owner and founder of Soul Balancing, is a naturally gifted energy healer trained in numerous esoteric forms, including shamanism. Trixie has created a powerful modality that safely and effectively clears your energetic field. A soul balancing session can remove interference, heal trauma, and restore your hope. Contact Trixie for a life-changing long-distance session today, www.soulbalancing.world. There's a legend shared by many indigenous cultures of a time when the nations were cast to the four corners of the world. Each nation was given a body of sacred knowledge that held a different portion of the truth to preserve. True reality could not be known until all the nations reunited, combining the information. If a single one was missing, the world could not be reborn and darkness would prevail. The Science of Magic Radio is dedicated to reuniting the sacred knowledge. With the understanding, none of us has all the answers, but together we can open new perceptions and possibilities. Through our combined vision, the world can be reborn into a place where darkness no longer prevails. Join me, Gwilda Wiecka, and the Science of Magic daily on the Exxon Broadcast Network, xzbn.net, or visit us at thescienceofmagic.net. Welcome back to Too Good to Be True. And before the break, we are going through some of the questions and giving some psychic insight to the answers. So, Dad, can you please continue with the questions? Sure. We just uh, had asked a question about the German submarine being involved. And um, I guess the next question was, um, did the German submarine damage the ship and then people made sure it sank? Correct. So there had to be the initial damage that so it would start sinking and then the opening of the valves would make it so that the sink sunk even more. And this also gave some time so that people could try and get off the ship. So basically it was a combination so that the ship could sink in a way that destroyed the entire ship but was also not a fast process. With different course of the ship, The submarine actually hit the ship harder than expected, and this started the process very much quicker than expected. Did the German submarine use torpedoes, or did it ram the Titanic Titanic to damage it? It rammed into it. How did a German naval vessel get involved in the first place? Let's just say there was some money involved, 
And a lot of the submarines that were used in the U.S. were not to basically up to par to do the damage that the German sub could do. So it was basically money and working with the Germans. Was the U-boat captain acting on his own initiative without knowledge of his superiors? Yes. Why wouldn't members of the U-boat crew object to an an unlawful act in peacetime? So this goes back to some people knowing and some people not knowing and also money being exchanged. Was the Olympic switch with the with the Titanic with the Titanic continuing her service as the Olympic? Yes. Did John Jacob Astor the Fourth, Benjamin Guggenheim, and Isidore Strauss all die in order not to be obstacles to the founding of the Federal Reserve and the introduction of income tax? Yes. So major people were obviously warned about the sinking. And also other major people were encouraged about getting on board the boat. So that is why basically there's supposed to be some fatalities, but not as many as they were. So there was obviously people who were not of interest that were on board the Titanic that were not supposed to die. But there were others that were basically supposed to be in the ship when it went down. When the Olympic was out of service, they sold all the furnishings with the number 400 for the Olympic and not 401 for the Titanic. How did they do that? So there were replicates made. So basically there was more than one of each thing. So that basically that they look the same. So there was a lot of behind scenes action where there are many people involved in the whole situation to make it look obviously real. For those involved in the sinking, how did they escape? Was it on the submarine? So there were multiple other, you could say, ships and different things in the area. So there was the one ship you spoke of for the normal survivors, but there are also other boats and things in the area. So it was not the submarine, but there were other different means of getting away. And also some of the people that were involved with the whole scheme actually went down in the boat since the boat sunk so fast. Besides the Titanic, the Carpathia, the Californian, and the German U-boat, which other ships were in the area? So, we cannot say exactly which ships were in the area, but there were ships for different people if needed, and also back up for the German sub if needed. The Carpathia was totally innocent in all of this? Yes. Did the band, as led by Wallace Hartley, play on as portrayed in the movies A Night to Remember and Titanic? Yes. Okay, if these were happy events, is the explanation too good to be true? I think that depends on what you are prepared to believe. Okay, there's a huge amount of information and I I think a lot of surprises um, and a lot really to take in. So I think it'd take another show to fully explain what went on, but let's try and summarize. Uh, The novel The The Loss of the Titan by Morgan Robinson was created by the author having a vision. Amazing stories of survival common to all three ships were explained by life paths. The Titanic was not sunk. The Olympic modified to appear by the Titanic was deliberately sunk with a loss of life greater than anticipated. Along with J.P. Morrigan having plausible deniability, 
The Olympic was sunk by a combination of being rammed by a German submarine and by being scuttled. In a quest to strike a larger iceberg, the Titanic's course was changed from a course to hit a smaller iceberg. The Californian expected the Olympic to be sunk in a different location, possibly at a different time. The decisions made by the master of the Californian, Captain Stanley Lord, still need explanation. The Californian's cargo suggests the ship was purely on a rescue mission. Certainly powerful individuals had their lives saved by being encouraged not to sail on what was supposed to be the Titanic's maiden voyage. Other powerful individuals were encouraged to sail on the supposed Titanic's maiden voyage. These individuals were against the creation of the Federal Reserve and the introduction of income tax. I'm still trying to take all of this in. Uh, looking at the statistics for fatal collisions with uh, icebergs, the chances of survival seem pretty good, except for passengers on board a ship with design features to make it difficult to sink. I think, as you said, Dad, we would kind of have to have another show to go over where all the bits and pieces fit in, since this is so much information. And it's obviously confusing with all the different 400, 401, and all the different information. But personally, I don't know too much about ships. I don't know what bulkheads are. And I don't really know much information about the Federal Reserve. But I obviously know what income tax is, since I'm pretty sure anyone who has to pay taxes knows what that is. But what I'm kind of interested in is what exactly did Professor Ballard find in the wreck site in 2003? I'm interested in what did the boat look like? Are there any more clues to its switching with the Olympic? And kind of what's going on with that whole thing? And my other question, too, after hearing all of this, was were the German U-boats in 1912 strong enough to ram ships? I was kind of confused by this since, obviously, I know torpedoes do a lot of damage, but I don't know about ramming into ships. So I personally have a lot more questions about the information, especially from the psychic insight. Yeah, I, I've, I think I've heard stories about submarines ramming submarines or doing things like World War Two, but not World War One. Um, but but I, I could just not research it enough. Um, but uh, submarines, German submarines for World War One, and, and that was only two years away, were pretty sophisticated. They caused havoc in the North Atlantic, so I imagine they must have been pretty sophisticated. Uh, I checked on U.S. Navy submarines in 1912, um, and per the Psychic Insight, they were not as advanced as the German submarines, uh, with even the latest designs having uh, conning towers partially made of canvas. They were known as pig boats and were only safe in coastal waters. So um, that that was interesting in itself. Well, whether a World War One German U-boat could ram another boat or another ship uh, and survive, I'm not I'm not sure. Um, so, uh, what do you think about uh, getting the listeners involved with their uh, questions and and their knowledge? I guess. Yes, so as we mentioned in previous shows, um, we would love to hear from listeners. So any comments, suggestions, any topics you want to hear about, even additional information. So if you heard about the Titanic and you have other questions and you even want an additional show on that, please email us. So you can go to xzbn.net and you can go on the website and our emails are there and you can just shoot us an email. And you can ask us questions, provide topics, or even make a comment about the show. And I think, Dad, something else interesting we could bring up is you were telling me about one of our ancestors who actually had a comment about the Titanic. 
Do you want to tell that story to the listeners? Yeah, I got really two connections. Uh, my your great great grandfather Ernie Marsh um, predicted the uh, sinking of the Titanic on its maiden voyage. He said to say it was unsinkable was uh, sheer arrogance, and God would not entertain the arrogance of mankind. <laughs> and uh, that apparently turned out to be his intuition. Um, we didn't talk about British Navy subs um, uh, at all, but uh, your great-grandfather on the other side was a submariner in uh, Royal Navy submarines in World War I. So I think that must have been absolutely mm-hmm. horrific to be in those uh, those boats, whichever Navy you were in at the time. So that, that makes it all interesting. Part of this um, led me on to think of... Um, World War One and how that started. Um, we're told that uh, Archduke Ferdinand, I think, was shot or assassinated, and that started the whole thing, the whole dominoes uh, to fall. Um, so I w- that's one subject I would really like to um, uh, get some psychic insight. Um, maybe it was exactly as in the history books, about, or was there more going on? But anyway, what are your thoughts, Justina? I think that, as we've said before, there's a lot of unanswered questions So even the Psychic Insight today brought up a lot more unanswered questions about different topics. So it sounds like that there was even possibly different schemes going on throughout history that the public wasn't aware of, which I'm not super surprised about, but it's also interesting to hear about that. And it's also interesting about the um, life path and life charts, which could even be its own topic by itself, but that some people have certain events in their life for a reason. But again, as we mentioned, we'd love to get the listeners involved in this and have them do different topics. And as usual, we thank the listeners. Dad, do you have any final comments? Yeah, the interesting thing about life paths was that uh, even the good guys had life paths, but probably the bad guys in the story, uh, perceived to be bad guys, also had life paths. So that's all rather strange. Um, We have free will, but it seems that some events are meant to happen. So that, that's interesting in itself. So do you want to f- sign off for us, Justina? Yep. Thank you to all the listeners. <laughs>